Welcome back to Whatever with me, your host Jonathan French. Let's get started. Well, guys, welcome back to whatever. Um, I have to apologize for it being such a long time since I've had a new episode. Uh, we've been in California for a little while, uh, letting all uh, my family meet Amelia. And so we were there for a little while, so I missed a couple weeks doing that. And then we get back in town, and it seemed like just a few days go by, and then we start feeling sick. And then Jackson, my, my middle child, gets strep for the second time this year, and just been a lot going on, but I had um, an idea for an episode a, a few weeks ago, and I was trying to, you know, do some research on the topic, and um, it kind of came up because, you know, we've been seeing so many things in the news about drag queens and uh, all these uh, drag queen performances where. You know, it's not just for adults, but these parents are bringing their kids and these drag queens are uh, doing all kinds of just grotesque things in front of children. And it got me thinking of, um, of you know, something to talk about because, I mean, I have three kids now. My oldest is nine. Jackson's five now. He just turned five yesterday. And then you know, obviously my newborn, she's going to be 10 or 11 weeks old now. And so this is something that bothers me. And I I keep my ear to the news when I see these things come out. And so it just got me wanting to dive into to this little bit. And so I guess I'm going to just start um, with just a a thought, you know, it's something that brought to my remembrance. I remember when I lived in Indianapolis, uh, in the, Indiana when when my dad was uh, working at IBC. And for the, y'all that don't know what that is, that's Indiana Bible College. And um, I, we were at going to Calvary Tabernacle, Paul Mooney's church at the time. And we had this gentleman come in who gave this talk about, you know, needing to uh, push back against some of these new bills that were coming in uh, before like local boards or like, um, that's the wrong, uh, terminology, but these new bills that were coming up for votes that were going to be like really pro, uh, gay and like lesbian lifestyle things. And he encouraged the church folk to go to this, not really protest, but it was this, uh, this gathering to support voting against this bill. And so we went I don't remember. I don't really remember how old I was, but we went downtown, and I remember for the first time seeing lesbians out there like making out and kissing, and and they, they knew that we were all church people, and they were like being really just like in our face about it because it was just it was just gross. But I remember being as a, as a kid um, seeing that for the first time. And, you know, I, I had a kind of sheltered life, uh, you know, and I'm not ashamed of that. I know a lot of people 
you know, hide behind, oh, I was sheltered as if it's kind of like this, uh, something to be ashamed of for some reason. But I, I'm really happy about that. I, my parents did a really good job at keeping those things away from me until it was like I was, I had to face it. Um, but I remember seeing that for the first time and it weirded me out, uh, just because it was, just felt so weird. You know, obviously it's just weird. And, um, and then after that particular event, sometime later, I don't know if it's the same day or if it was just, it was after this event, I remember hearing my dad and other, you know, um, authority figures in, in my life at the time saying like, well, this is, this is, you know, going to be, you know, the world is getting more and more evil. This is going to be become more and more normal. They're pushing to make this more and more normal to, you know, remove the stigma behind being gay and lesbian. Because at that time it, it wasn't at all what we know it as a culture now. Um, it wasn't like, you're celebrated for it like you are now. I mean, and not even just celebrated for it. You're encouraged to be that way now. And, and, and it really is true. Like, and then, so like after, after that, like you just started seeing things, you know, in the, in the years to follow, you know, there'd be more and more shows, um, that would come out featuring a gay or lesbian, um, lead character or like a side character and what they they would do is they would put um oftentimes it wasn't like a lead character but it was like a like a a side character that was like a comic relief character that would just happen to be like this gay or like lesbian you know and they would always be like this like matter of like comedy like it was never like a serious matter it was always like you know funny because you know, my mom puts it, I, I've heard my mom put it this way, where like, you know, what they get you to laugh at, you know, they'll get you to accept, you know, so if you laugh at something, it, you know, you ease it in as, um, you know, through humor, you ease something in that's uncomfortable and not, shouldn't be okay, but then suddenly you're laughing about it and now you don't think, you don't really care as much, like, no, because it made you laugh, oh, it must be okay, and so they would put these things into these shows and directly at, you know, in like kids. And for that, it's because, you know, you get a child accepting something. And the thing is with kid things, you're not getting them to accept it. You're getting them to look at it as uh, just the natural order of things as they know it. Like as an adult, they have to force you and, um, manipulate your thinking to accept something as a child or a very young person you get certain things introduced to them they they don't know like they they will they will lock a certain pattern or of like repetition they will like that's why kids learn things so much easier than adults because their mind is accepting things without bias so that's why you have kids shows with these characters being slowly and slowly, slowly, and now more rapidly introduced into mainstream entertainment directed at kids because they absorb it and they will never know it any different. And that's the idea. And, you know, the first uh, real issue I had with this as a dad uh, 
was when Kinsley was watching this show called uh, Sophia the First. And it was a really cute cartoon about this single mom who and her daughter whose dad apparently had died and the mother marries the king of their town or their country whatever it is and so she's the first princess that wasn't born in to royalty Sophia the first you know and it all seemed fine and the stories and the plots were always cute but then one day I walked in and just happened to just watch a clip of an episode. And I'm like, eh, you know, and they had this Butler character that was very evidently, they never out, came out and said it because this isn't how they do it in kids things. It's always very under the radar, but he was very clearly gay. And there is this episode in particular where the Butler went on like a vacation. He needed time off. He had been, he had been, you know, he runs the castle. He's over everything. And when he left, um, the castle went into disarray. And, uh, when he came back at the end of the episode, after all, everything falls apart, blah, blah, blah. He comes back and it just struck me odd the way they did this because they ended it and said, we can't, you know, our life's not the same without you. Like nothing's the same without you. And you might think, oh, well, that's because he was over these tasks that weren't getting done. And on its face, that would seem like the logical, you know, thing. But you'd have to see it to understand the way I felt it and in my spirit. It felt to me that they took an overtly gay character that as an adult, we would recognize as gay. And they tied it into making it his, you know, not just his duties, but who he is and what he brings to the table was also necessary, meaning his sexuality. So like the undertone to me was, you know, society needs this, you know, we, you know, we need to accept that you are important. And you know, you may think that's a little over the top, you know, f- for y'all out there that might have seen the show and might know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling you, it had a very weird vibe to me that I wasn't okay with. So I stopped letting Kinsley watch that show. And I, she asked me why, and obviously I'm not going to try to explain this to her at seven, eight years old. But I just, we, we turned it off and I just said, there's things in there that I don't like. And um, that's fine. And so she was fine with it. So it, we, we all moved on. But it got me thinking more and more about why are we, why are we introducing these type of concepts and lifestyle things to small children? And, and, uh, and part of why I'm asking this in this way is because not only are we introducing concepts to kids that they shouldn't even have to I mean if you agree with the LGBTQ lifestyle if you have no issue with all that why even if you don't have an issue with that why are we talking to our kids about it okay for instance I'm a very very straight get dude that's married to a smoking hot sorry you know mom you know that might sound a little crass 
married to a very beautiful woman. And, you know, we are, you know, we have, you know, the, you know, the biblical perspective of marriage in place in our home. And, you know, we're, you know, we're living a Christian life, but I'm not out there telling my daughter about, I'm not talking about sexual activity between a man and a woman to my little child and, and trying to say how great it is and, and how natural it is. Like, Oh, like I'm not, my daughter is not to the place in her life where she's ready to hear, nor do I want to have this conversation with my nine-year-old about what we'd say very, uh, you know, very discreetly as the birds and the bees. I'm not out there talking to my nine-year-old about sex. I'm not out there talking to my nine-year-old about, oh, men and women have sex, you know, and you know, it's such a great thing. Like, I'm not going to talk to a child about this. But Hollywood and the left and the liberal weirdos, they want to, they want to introduce sexual activity to children. And the only thing that I can think of for that, besides it's just perverse and evil, is that there seems to be a an effort to hypersexualize our kids super early. And I'm I believe that is because what we're about to see, and I we in some states you have seen this, where they're trying to destigmatize pedophilia. And the reason I, I'm I, I'm bringing this topic up is because, you know, not too long ago, um, there was this new phrase that was coined to the pedophilia community, and it was ref- now they want to be referred to as what they would call maps, M A P S, and you can see in my title, is called maps lead nowhere good. And I'm not talking about directional maps, even though I, I guess in some respect you might be, you know, because it's directing, you know, your point of view. But maps refers to this community of, you know, pedophiles as minor attracted persons. And there is um, several articles out. Well, there's one particular book that um i'm gonna try to pull it up here if you give me a second um my gracious yeah i'm sorry y'all there's a book that uh is called dark shadows i believe it is what it is um yep it's called dark shadows oh no a long dark shadow i'm sorry um the acknowledgments or preface of this book kind of read through the chapters and it says here Am I a monster forming an identity as minor attracted? Chapter two, leading a double life, staying closeted and coming out as a map. Three, enduring a rainstorm maps strategies for coming uh, for coping with their attractions. Number four is a very strong uh, boundary for me. Uh, resilience to sexual offending among maps. Their intention wasn't to help me. Mental health problems and care-seeking experiences. Number six: Are you not? 
are are you um, you are not a monster toward a shift in attitudes concerning maps. These are um, the book goes into these topics, and there is um, there's a push to destigmatize pedophilia, and just like with the gay and lesbian you know agenda in Hollywood to make it seem normal. You know, I mean, just go into Target, for instance. I mean, just go into your local Target down the road and look at the um, the clothes for girls, you know, let's just say like six on up. You know, they're, they're getting more and more and more um, sexualized where like there's like low V cuts or they're like low uh, plunging necklines, the, the shorts, you know, ride right up to their rear end and 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 like the bathing suits for these little girls are like these two-piece skimpy little things as a culture we're getting closer and closer and closer to catering to pedophilia because you know if if you look at if you were to go into a target and look at a two-piece bathing suit for a for an eight-year-old that looks just like something that an adult adult you know woman would be wearing and you don't think that's weird i don't know i mean why would you want the same amount of body i mean i don't agree with women wearing two three babies anyway you know modesty and all that but i mean just if why would you want that much of your child exposed to people you know just like i wouldn't want my wife exposed to that to people why would i want my little girl exposing the same body parts to people you know and why would i want my nine-year-old looking like an 18 or a 20 year old and that kind of brings me up to uh just it just kind of threw this in last minute in my notes you know we talked about this um dylan mulvaney in an episode a while back and um he was just yeah, I say he because he he's a trans woman and he was just recently put on uh, the face of Bud Light, which has been plummeting in sales and boycotted to the place where I believe they just fired the, the CEO or somebody that was responsible for all that. But this, this guy, Dylan Mulvaney, if you see some of his videos, oftentimes he is parading around as a little girl and it's disturbing because why would you be parading yourself around as a little girl in front of an adult audience in adult matters like and and I just it's just very disturbing but the guy is mentally disturbed for sure and so this whole idea that we um, we should destigmatize and remove all the shadows around pedophilia there's only one reason for doing that is because they there at some point we will see bills put up before you know votes to you know make the age of consent be lower um pass certain things that are less um harsh on offending uh people and you know and part of the reason they want to use maps they say well because pedophilia pedophilia uh Pedophiles is, is a term that's used to um, describe a an offender, someone that has 
offended and or so many as offended or we're saying has acted on the desire to you know do this and so they've committed some a crime but at the same time you know like we we put stigmas on things in culture to detract from them we 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 if you don't want a certain um behavior uh you know like all right let's just say put it this way if you knew somebody talked really violent okay and they they often um fantasized about murder or just ultra violent obviously illegal acts you would not you know say oh well you know we we need the we need to destigmatize violence because not everybody that you know wants to do it has done it like no you stigmatize things and you say no that's wrong to you know set clear boundaries if you remove if you make a line blurry it's going to be crossed so you know it's and like why and i i just i can't i don't know why we'd want to um you know make it less and less and less um unattractive to be attracted to to minors um it's just it's just unbelievable to me so i I started um, uh, researching some of the statistics on child abuse and what uh, what constitutes child abuse, and um, this is this is from uh, Rain.org, R-A-I-N-N.org. It says, "What is sexual abuse? What is child sexual abuse?" Child sexual abuse is a form of child abuse that includes sexual activity with a minor. A child cannot consent to any form of sexual act, uh, any sexual activity, period. When a perpetrator engages with a child this way, they are committing a crime that can have lasting effects on the victim for years, or I would just argue the rest of their life. Child sexual abuse does not need to include physical contact between a perpetrator and a child. Some forms of child sexual abuse include, but are not limited to, and then there's a list of items here. Um, exhibitionalism, or exposing oneself to a minor. Fondling, intercourse. Um, and uh, this is masturbation in the presence of a minor or, or forcing the minor to, uh, you know, do things. Obscene conversations, phone calls, text messages, or digital interaction. Producing, owning, or sharing pornographic images or images of, a, of, a, of children. Sex of any kind with a minor, including, um, I'm not going to go into all these things, but sexual acts. Sex trafficking, any other contact of sexual nature that involves a minor. Okay, so the reason I, I, I bring that up is because it says um, exposing. Now, I know we're going to say exposing as in like nudity. But I would argue that these um, drag queen shows with these men pretending to be women, but throwing themselves around and gyrating and, you know, um, pretending to do all kinds of things in front of these kids, in my opinion, should be classified as sexual abuse. You're introducing a child to sexual activity while hiding behind some very obscure uh, legal language. Um, and then there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of statistics here that are really disturbing. Um, it says that um, it says alarming sexual violence statistics. Um, this is from Legal Jobs. Uh, it's a let's see what website. It's LegalJobs.io. It says one of the most shocking facts about sexual assault is that approximately only five percent of sexual assaults report reports filled or filed have been proven false. 82 of all juvenile sexual assault victims are female. 90% of adult rape victims are female. 41% of sexual assaults against Native in, Native Indians are committed by a stranger. Um, adolescent um, Adolescents age 14 to 17 were by far the most likely to be sexualized, victimized nearly 1 in 6 or 16.3% was sexually victimized in the past year. Um, it says in 2019... Uh, of course, this is women. It says 652,676 women were raped. So, like, my thing is, you know, you ha- you have you have a um, a culture that is leaning so heavily into sexualizing our children, and then you have uh, also at the same time you have a culture that's that's becoming more and more and more about whatever makes you happy. Just just do it. Like, for instance, I saw this meme the other day. That was supposed to be an inspirational quote, but it kind of struck me kind of creepy. It said, if it makes you happy, it doesn't have to make sense to others. Um, Well, okay, how subjective is that? So like, so um, if I'm attracted to, to little, to little kids, that, that makes me happy. It doesn't have to make sense to you. If I, if I, if I'm a a sicko and I, and I uh, fantasize about raping somebody, it makes me happy doesn't have to make sense to you like why or why is that something that we're even like what is the the idea that happiness and self-fulfillment is just really about what you want to do before you know it we're going to be um passing legislation that is not as harsh on sex crimes it's just a matter of time like the more and more you start making whatever makes you happy is is it good you're it, it just it's a it's a gateway into it's like a gateway drug it's it's a gateway into further and further digression as a culture i don't really fully understand why uh you know we would be wanting our little kids to know about uh you know gay and lesbian sexual activity you know, bisexual activity and all these, um, non-conforming binary. I'm an alien. Like why, why do our kids need to be exposed to this? Well, if you want to sexualize something, you expose it, you know, or if you want to normalize something, you expose it and expose it and expose it. And, and you, um, you make it less and less stigmatized. That's exactly what they did with the the gay and lesbian you know agenda back in the early two thousands when I was in Indianapolis, and that's what we're seeing more and more and more and more and more with the I'm gonna just say it the pedof- the, the pedophile side of our society. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's no doubt that um, uh, pedophiles are rampant through um, Hollywood. Uh, there's there's absolutely no doubt. Um, I think everyone, you know, everybody knows that. Um, it's not at all a surprise to anyone. But you know, it's it's um, 
it's just disturbing to me that, you know, I, I, I almost don't know how to let, you know, my kids watch something now. Um, because you just never know what's going to be in it. And, uh, and unless as a parent, you can sit down and like pre-screen it. It's hard. Like, you know, Disney just put, um, an animation out a few months ago called Strange World, where the entire, uh, the, the main character was a, a, a gay teenager who was attracted and w- had this love interest that was an, another, um, another dude and it's so it's like you know Kinsley you know she was to watch that and I had it known and I had and I just thought oh this is just going to be a you know sweet little thing and we started that and she asked me like you know what's going on then suddenly my daughter is asking me questions about something she shouldn't even be worried about right now and then I'm in a situation as a parent to have to figure out do I ignore this or do I now try to explain this in the most delicate way that I can. And at nine years old, I don't think any parent should have to be explaining sexual activity or, or sexual natures uh, of sexual content to their child. I think that's just wrong. Um, but at the same time, the, when our culture, you know, progressively gets worse, there's going to be a time where you, you almost have to And then so here, um, I, I googled the the definition of minor attractive person. It says coined as a form of abstraction, with the intention of avoiding the stigma attached to pre-existing terms, and to serve as an umbrella term for nephophiles, pedophiles, hebophiles, and ephophobials. I, I I'm not I'm no I'm butchering those names, but there's so many fools in there. I mean, you get it. Minor attractive person or minor attracted people um, uh, is commonly interpreted as a sign that the speaker supports or is sympathetic to such people. Uh, Use is highly controversial. A professor of Old Dominion University in the United States who advocated for the destigmatization of pedophiles as minor attracted persons, um, you know, yeah, so a professor, obviously. I mean, of course, it was a professor at some liberal university. I mean, there's there's no other there's no other explanation. Um, and it says here, pedof- pedophile is not a legal term, and having a sexual attraction to children is not illegal. The law enforcement uh, circles the term pedophile is sometimes used in, uh, informally to refer to any person who commits one or more sexually based crimes that. Um, relate to legally underage victims. I don't know. I, I just, um, I just can't hardly, uh, you know, get my head around, um, around it. Um, I know this probably sounds like it's probably a heavy episode, so I'm gonna have to do something a little lighter, um, next week. But I just, I just thought this was important because I've been seeing, like, I was just in California, you know, very, very liberal state, and I was in Target, and like I said, and um, I just saw things that, like, I can't imagine, you know, putting my daughter in that. But, you know, culturally, we're like, we're getting to the point where, you know, even our kids have to look sexual. I mean, like, you see all these, you know, commercials on, like, YouTube ads or just on Instagram or whatever you are, you see these ads of makeup now for for kids. Like I, Kinsley has 
friends from school that wear makeup and all these things. Um, and they ask my daughter why you don't do this and that. And, and they're wearing makeup like they're like, they're a teenager or they're like an, a young adult. It's like, why do our little girls have to, um, you know, be, be presented in a way that, you know, um, entices sexual thought. I, I, I don't know. Um, it, it's ridiculous. But one other antidote I want to put in here is I, I just recently um, was made aware of what is called the pedophile flag when I was searching all this up. And um, uh, it is, I'm going to Google it here so I can make sure I have the... Um, um, all the things right. So yeah, so uh, the top of the flag is shades of blue. In the middle of the flag, you have like these shades of white and the bottom is shades of pink. Allegedly, what this flag represents is the top of the flag meaning attracted to boys. And then you get down to the middle where it's saying that, you know, I'm attracted to boys, but I don't want to offend. I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hurt any of them. And then you get the bottom that's pink, which is attraction to, to girls, little girls or minors, just minors, you know, anyone under the legal age of consent. And apparently people have been saying they've been seeing these flags in people's in like neighborhoods at people's houses. Um, and it's very disturbing. So I just, I, I put it out there because if you see this flag somewhere and I'll put a picture of it on my Instagram, if you see that somewhere, you know, it's going to be good cause of alarm and, you know, heightened observation about that particular person because, you know, I, I don't know, like, like if I knew my next door neighbor, for instance, was a, uh, a guy or a girl that was just very into violence and, you know, was, you know, fantasized about murder and and killing. I wouldn't want to be that person's neighbor, regardless if they've acted on it. I wouldn't want to be that person's, uh, and that's just as illegal as sexual crime against a minor. So it's, I mean, yeah, you might say, oh, it's not killing somebody. Well, you know, yes, but at the same time, you're stealing a child innocence if you victimize them in this way um which as that one thing i read a little bit ago says it can scar them for years but i would i mean i would just say it scars them for life i mean you have a memory of this forever and you will always battle it you know with god's help you know it might not it's you know it might not be as hard as it was but i mean i'm sure there's victims out there in churches all over the country that's you know are living happy lives and are married with children, but battle emotional scars um, because of of these type of things against them as children. Um, so I just I put this episode together for you parents out there with with kids, just to be aware and um, you know just be vigilant of what your kids are seeing and what they're watching and what they hear from other friends at school. Like periodically, I'll ask Kinsley you know, about things at school and, um, you know, just trying to be careful that they don't get exposed to something too early before you've had the opportunity to best 
prepare yourself to help them deal with with this part of, of life. But anyway, these are my thoughts. These are my opinions. But whatever.